This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is kind of like Amazon, but without the economics, the scale, the money. And well, let's just get on with the show, shall we? Good idea, let's do yeah, it. Let's move straight on past that. I'm Andrew Page, and with me is Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, fools. It's Amazon Day. It is happy Amazon happy Day, Amazon my Day, friend. Mate. We have talked about this uh, ad infinitum. Ad nauseum. In, in, in advertising. The, in, until the lead up. <laughs> but it's here. It is here. So we have to mark the occasion Boom. and talk a little bit more about it. Uh, we also do a little bit of a media wrap as well. There's been uh, some moving and shaking in that space. We've seen Channel 10 delist from the ASX for good. Domain has split off from Fairfax. What's next for traditional media is the question we're going to ask. Indeed. The ASX has hit a milestone in recent times. It has broken a a technical level, if we could call it that. Oh, so we're going to uh, break out the passion pop. Uh, what's your what's your drink of choice? Bit, a bit of a Tous Rosé. Ooh, classy. Some Danilo Lambrusco. We really are high rollers, aren't That's we? Fine wine for any time. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> we're not sponsored, by the way. But if any alcohol companies want to get in touch, we're happy we're, to. We're more than happy to we, talk. We'll happily drink on air and plug the sponsor's product. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Quality. Um, uh, and you're going to saddle up on your I am. Horse. I am. Okay, look forward to got that. The, got the riding spurs on, got the cowboy hat. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Mate. Yes. Amazon is here. It's here, finally here. It's finally here. Well, it's kind of been here for a while, right? The Amazon.com.au site has had plenty of Kindle books and audio yes, books. Yes. But, but today's the day. But it is. And and we, we knew it was coming. Mm. We didn't know exactly when. I remember poor old Jerry Harvey. Have to, <laughs> we, have, we have to sort of put the boot in here. He, he, was, he was basically saying there's no way they're going to be here oh, within man. less than a year. They've got to set up a... A warehouse, they've got to do this, they've got to do that, and well, lo and behold, turns out that they've sorted all that out already. See, I, I've done this before, you've got to get planning permissions and buy a warehouse and all. Organ- Jerry, I have, they know what they're doing, mate. I, I think we actually talked about it at the time. I have to believe that Jerry was doing that for the benefit of of his franchises and his customers. Mm. Even Jerry, as, as optimistic about himself, as pessimistic about the Amazon as he wanted to be, it, it could it could not have failed to realise you could simply lease a warehouse and get on with it. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't believe that's true. So How can he not? I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting Jerry in the um, uh, trash talk column yeah. rather, rather than the genuine economic yeah, analysis column. Yeah, okay. Fair, fair enough. You know, one of the other things I heard about Amazon, um, I think from one of our colleagues throughout the, the week, big, is big they, river. they are operating that, yeah. on a gross margin on average for their products of 7%. Mate, we made it two and a half minutes in and you threw in a bit of jargon. Talk about gross margin for a second. So gross margin is the amount of profit that you make. So let's say you're buying something for a dollar, yep. your Amazon. Yes. And you're selling it for a dollar and seven cents. There you go. There's a dollar. There's a seven percent margin. Well, not really. Actually, not really. Markup. That's a markup. Sorry. Yeah. Let, let, <laughs> can, I, can I start again? No. If you bought something for ninety three cents Thank and you. sold it for a buck, there you go. That'd be a seven percent. There you go. So it's that's just the product cost. So if you're if you're a retailer, yep. it's the cost of the product you buy. The difference in that and the price you sell it for it doesn't include your own costs, just the product cost itself. I, I think a lot of people go, "Oh, it's wrong with seven percent. That's fine, but yeah, you've got to pay. You've got to pay wages. You've got to pay for warehouses. You've got to pay for every that the website, that, the advertising that has to cover everything yep. else. And and just to put that in in perspective, and to to I guess go back to Harvey Mexican Norman fighting fish in the CEO's their, office. Their gross margins are typically around thirty percent. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at their net margins, well, they're probably, what, 6 7%? So hang on, net margin to find that So that, that's the actual margin that's left over after everything has right, been paid right, for. Okay. So everything what, uh, in total. So the product, the revenue is the, is the, is the denominator? 
Mm-hmm. The numerator is what's left after you've had every other cost off. You that just number. had a goal of me talking maths, and now you're I talking know. numerators right, and denominators. Enough. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> the so you point take, you take is, all everything you have to pay as a business. Yes, there's seven cents left in the dollar. Yes, after all of that money. After taken all out. of that, and that's where Amazon starts. That's their gross market. That is where they start. So, go. so. Scale is king, right? The the question is, well, how do you make that work? And as you say, it is scale, (laughs) it is throughput. If you sell enough widgets with a 7% gross margin, then you can do it. Well, here's the other problem, right? We've said this before as well, but Amazon still doesn't make all that much money. No. So Jerry's got to make his 7% net margin to make other people happy. Mm. Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon, saying, well... I don't really care about margin right now. So I'm actually happy to run it right, basically break even. Yeah. That gives him an advantage even before he starts because yeah. he can afford to run at zero. Jerry's got to run at seven cents in the dollar just to keep his shareholders happy. And of course, you know, consumers don't give a stuff either way, right? They're just <laughs> exactly. looking at, I want to buy this right. widget and there it is ridiculously cheap. And, exactly. you know, so where else am I going to go? Right, now, right. These guys are starting off here. So that's their baseline. Yep. You, you, these, the, the existing retailers have to adjust to this reality. Yes. And, and and that's why it's been such, well, we expect it to be such a, a huge deal. Yep. And, and look, you know, exactly. Because Amazon has that scale. Just for context, Woolies run on an average gross margin. I don't know the exact number, but it's probably around 20% give or take. So you kind of start with that, that you know, it, you could say, well, Jerry Harbour, okay, Harvey Norman, big business, um, not a massive amount of scale. Woolies got truck, truckloads more scale. That's always going to be a good thing. So that's the, that's the key that's the key, you know, point to make. I think is that even a really, really high volume business like Woolies, it does mm. daily, weekly supermarket sales. They still need twenty cents in the dollar at gross margin yes. level, and they deliver what five cents at net margin. Right, right. So they start with twenty, get to five. Yes, Amazon's starting at seven. Yeah, and these guys have got scale. They've got right. throughput. They've got all of that kind Mate, of stuff. They, so they've got so much scale. They need forty billion dollars in sales yes. in a one quarter alone. Yes, annualize that. That's one hundred sixty billion dollars a year. Their growth. Yep. In one quarter, was larger than the Woolworths' total annual sales. Yeah. So they grew by more than one Woolworths, yes. one annual Woolworths, yes. in a single quarter. It's just phenomenal. It is my absolutely phenomenal. So one of the other discussions we had throughout the week was okay, post Amazon world, what are the companies that win and lose in that? It was a fascinating yeah. discussion. We, we we tried to intentionally stay within the retail space, and let's well, try try pick the the, the the winners and losers from Amazon specifically, not not as well as Amazon or outside. It was like right. Amazon's going to turn up. What does that do? How does it impact some of the businesses on the ASX? Right, and and uh, you you um, you're in the red corner, I'm in the blue corner. Let's you, put it that let, way. Let's, yeah, well, I, again, <laughs> I, you like you. I like to think of myself as a, a flexible thinker, Mister Phillips. If Liam was here, <laughs> Liam, Liam, Liam Flanagan, our, our producer, is not here, unfortunately. If he was, there'd be some Rocky music player right now. <laughs> totally. Liam, come back soon. And you said. I reckon Kogan will do really yes, well as a I result do. of it. And I got to tell you, I just like, I, I <laughs> spat my coffee out all over my computer and thought, you are on drugs, mate. That has got to be the worst one. They're mutually exclusive, by the way. What are you? Yeah, I mean, well, that's, uh, yeah, 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 that's yeah, very true. Conversation. Very, that's a conversation for another day. All right. But I've got to say, having, yes. having pondered it, I think you make some good points. So I thought it'd be a good chat to have on air as well. How can you look at a online pure play retailer in Australia yes. with you know a tiny, tiny fraction of the, 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 the scale and all of these wonderful things that Amazon has and think it will do well now that Amazon is here? Matt, I want to address that question. But first, I want to go back to the fact that you said you pondered and you realized I was probably right. I, I think, You could be right. Well, I, th- see, I think there's, there's, there's two things. Whenever we talk, whenever we disagree, there's two possibilities. Either I'm right. Right? Or are you going to realize later that I'm right? They're, they're, right? they're the two options. That was completely tangible, but I just wanted to basically have some fun <laughs> Wait, with it. You can't let that pass. <laughs> exactly. I have, I, mentioned, I, have I mentioned Bitcoin recently? Well, oh, we've got to come back week. to one Bitcoin, yes. No, we have to mention it. We, we will mention it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, 
so look, I think here's the thing about code. So, okay, let's let's wind back a bit. When a big disruptive player enters an industry, yep. it is going to take the biggest chunks of flesh out of the incumbents, mm. the big guys, the guys that are less able and willing, ready to change, capable of changing, all those things. Yep. So when Amazon really So maybe hits, Harvey Norman right, so or Amazon JB hits Harvey, these the US, are the ones that have been talked about most. Yeah, when Amazon hit straps in, hit, hit in the US, Liars. there were two big electronics chains, mm -hmm. Circuit City and Best Buy. Circuit City is no longer. Yeah. And in fact, Radio Shack in the US is also no longer. Yes. Yep. So, you know, but Best Buy is still surviving. Yes. <laughs> Not thriving, but surviving. Yeah. And so that's Better probably, than a lot of people thought, frankly. Exactly. That, but that's probably the story, right? So Amazon turns up. Mm. It displaces some of the stuff that's going on over there. Yep. There are other online retailers in the US still growing despite yes. Amazon. Yes. And if you think about the Kogan story here in Australia, I think that's likely to be the scenario. Kogan is growing sales at 40% a year, oh, year on year. It's done spectacularly. Yes. So it's doing that now. Mm. All right. And it's taking chunks out of the big guys because it is disruptor. It's doing yep. it differently, cheaper, the up and come delivery, up. all that yep. kind of good stuff, yep. right? When Amazon turn up, they'll probably take bites out of everybody. And maybe they might even reduce Kogan's sales growth slightly in the short term because everyone flocks to Amazon because the new kid on the block, right? Mm -hmm. We've been waiting such a long time. A lot of hype. We've talked about it a million times and yep. that's not overstating it. No. Um, you know, as they turn up, as they arrive, as this happens, maybe in the short term that gets hit. Yep. But think about six or 12 months time. More people are shopping online. Mm. More people had that experience. Mm. They're more aware of online shopping. They've tried it maybe once or twice, maybe with Kogan, maybe with Amazon, mm. probably both. Yeah. And so you start to think about how that changes your behavior. In the US, only 8% of sales even still are online. That's what blows me. I think we, we have a tendency to look at things through our own lens, yes. obviously. Yes. So people like you and me, we're very edgy. We're very cool. Oh, very uh, Smart. We're, we're, we're on the crest funny. of the wave and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, we do a yeah. lot of shopping online. And I think it, 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 you just assume, well, then everybody right, does, right. right? That's a really good point. Until you step back and realize, actually, there is huge chunk. In fact, the majority of people yep. don't shop online. Yep. And so in the US... 50% of the growth of online shopping is Amazon. So Amazon is absolutely the big dot. They're doing, they're cleaning the floor, right? Yeah. But they're only 50% of the growth. In yes. other words, the other half of the growth is coming from other online retailers. Yeah, right. right. And so my, my, my contention is that while Kogan might be buffeted in the short term a little bit, its growth rate might slow somewhat because Amazon's here. Mm. I think it's far, far more likely that in a year's time, two years time, five years time, Amazon and Kogan are much, much, much bigger than they are today. And they're going to take their, the, 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 the pound of flesh from the big guys, the incumbents that are least able to respond. Yes. While these guys become the innovators, while these guys become the disruptors, Amazon will absolutely be the big dog, but there's plenty of room left for Kogan to, to grow and flourish, and I think it will. So it could be a, a distant second or even third or right, fourth to right. your player, but it's a bigger company than it is today. And that doesn't take much. What do they got, 2.8% of the online retail market or something that, like so. that? It's, it's, it's like... It's less than 1% of total retail. Oh, it's okay. So it's, it's tiny. tiny, okay. tiny. Right. So, yeah, again, the option, if online retail becomes 15%, mm. let's say Amazon's get, got 10% of that, mm. there's 5% left for everybody else. And if Kogan is the the, the best alternative, which it is currently, I, I believe, yep. then that's that's its place in the market. Right? There's plenty of opportunity for it to grow from its current size to literally multiples, three, four, five times sales and profit, I think, will grow faster than that. Well, I guess where, and again, just- That's to, the bare case, just, at least. Just to, a book just, case. Just to challenge it. Um, so let, let's say that um, with Kogan, you can buy a whole bunch of branded stuff, right? Buy lots of good stuff. And and on on that kind of stuff, again, we've just talked about the margins that Amazon are happy to accept. Yeah. yeah. And, and and even though Kogan's probably operating on much thinner margins than the traditional brick and mortar retailers- yep. Probably more than that seven yep. percent. So if I'm online and I'm I've I've embraced the online world and I'm looking for a Samsung TV, yes, and I can buy it through Amazon or Kogan, yes, 
and it turns out that through Amazon, it is still significantly cheaper. I'm probably going to go there. So that's, that's sort of the question mark I have. Where I think they probably have a bit of an edge is they also do a lot of home branded products. Correct. They do the, the Kogan, Kogan branded brand. stuff yep. where they actually use Samsung screens and the rest and they package it all up and put a different logo on the top and sell it for much. And I think that is probably the edge that they will maintain. Correct. Would, would you have a different view on that? Or is no, the... I think, well, so here's the thing. I think that's an easy, so as individuals, it's very, very easy for us to look at that and say, Amazon's bigger and cheaper and better, therefore it will win. Mm. And I think that's true, but it's not a winner takes all exercise. Right. And that's where I think there's a difference here. I think, you know, just because someone, maybe most people shop at Amazon rather than Kogan, doesn't mean there's no one left to shop at Kogan. In yeah. the US, Amazon doesn't have hundred percent of online sales. There, you know, you can, and, and people are differentiating themselves, whether it's service, price, range, Call it what you want. They are finding ways to differentiate themselves. And that's the key That's the key story is that there is a very significant difference in terms of how that's done. And if you think about that story, that's, I think, the Australian story. Yes, there will be the possibility of Amazon doing very well, taking some sales away from others. But frankly, again, if, you, if you're going to buy a Samsung TV, your current choice is JB or Harvey Norman. Right. Or now Amazon. Yeah. If you want to buy Kogan TV, it's the only one place to go, which is Kogan. Kogan. And Kogan sold groceries and travel and SIM cards and mm. broadband mm. and mm. all that sort of stuff. So Kogan as a, plat a retail platform, mm. I think will continue to be very, very strong. Mm. It just, yeah, it's as well as. Mm. Not, neither is neither is going to be winner takes all. This is not, not a purely binary. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's, I think that is the mistake. I think the difference though is if you look at Harvey Norman and JB, they've only got stuff to lose. They own the market. Yeah. Unless Amazon is purely incremental, which it won't be, it starts going to come from somewhere. And if you're 99% of the market, it's going to come from you first. It's some nuanced thinking and, and it's probably some second order type thinking that you've got there, whether you're right or wrong, well, time, <laughs> time will tell. But what's fascinating for me is that that seems to have been the view that the market at large has taken. And the yep. market at large can do some pretty dumb things. And we've seen every other retailer on the ASX just been smashed for six yep. on sentimental reasons as to what Amazon's going to do. And here you've got something that at first brush looks like a very, very obvious target for Amazon, yet its share price has gone up and up and up and up and up. Yep, yep. And I guess just a, one final challenge, I guess the, the question mark I have, I know you've got a, a pretty decent answer for it, but I just, it's worth talking about is that I look at Kogan and I'm a value type guy. I like to you buy, are. I like to buy businesses at a decent price. And I look at the price earnings ratio and it's like over a hundred. So even if you say, yes, the business will, you know, survive and indeed yeah. prosper to some extent. Yep. There's a lot of expectation baked in there. What's what say you, sir? I say good luck driving home looking only in the rear vision mirror. Okay. The, the, the PE is based on the current price and the past earnings. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a very, very good reason, a couple of very good reasons for the future earnings to be much, much brighter than they are today. And I won't go into lots of detail because we haven't got all that much time. Mm -hmm. But essentially, there's a couple of things. The first is the current earnings are depressed by some one-off costs that were engaged with the company's listing, which won't yes. repeat. Yep. So immediately that gives some money back Genuine in terms of yep. underlying earnings power. Yep. Second is that it's going from a effectively break-even level of profitability at a much lower level of sales yeah. to a more decent level of profitability at a higher level of sales. So some operating leverage. And it's probably exactly as, as those sites continue to grow and grow quite strongly, mm -hmm. that bottom line could, if Kogan chooses to, also grow quite strongly. Mm -hmm. So you get a 10 to 15% top line growth, you could conceivably get a 20 to 25% bottom line growth. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It does have many years of that to all of a sudden make that PE look- It really not, starts to shrink down. Exactly. Not yeah. reasonable. It actually gets quite cheap. Now, I will say, I'm not predicting that Kogan will necessarily do that. They may mm. take the Amazon view and say, we'll keep reinvesting some of that cash. Mm. But again, it's the earnings power of the business I'm looking at, not just the reported statutory earnings themselves. It's an interesting case. I mean, we will we will no doubt revisit this sure again will. in the future. <laughs> um, we ha we didn't we didn't uh, tease this at the beginning, but we have to talk about it. 
What's your Bitcoin worth? <laughs> you bought a hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin. I'm glad I you gave answered. I gave I'm you a bunch of grief for it. Go on. Let me let me let me pull up the let me pull up the app. So I, 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 you know, I'm not going to tell you. I, I think this is more exciting for you to find out for yourself. Exciting, frustrating, and then, and then tell annoying. And then tell. I'm sliding the phone across the desk. Ready? That sound effect. What is it? One one forty three twenty eight. So if I if I if I paid a hundred bucks and now it's one hundred forty three. I can't do that, massive. You can't mate. do that, mate. I can't work out. Let me do that. Uh, so. Let me uh, top three. Forty four percent. It's not bad, is it? 43.28% gain. That, that's pretty good for yeah, a, It's not bad. So, so as a guy who was anti-Bitcoin at the time, were you ready to call it? Yeah. <laughs> I think you were anti-Bitcoin, if I'm remembering Are you ready to tell me I'm right, or you want to you go a couple of weeks to see mate, how much higher it can go? Mate, uh, the market can remain irrational longer than you can remain <laughs> solvent, is the old saying. And, and I'm, I'm happy to continue this conversation yes. into the long term. You know what, we'll, you know what else they will, say? We will see. You know what else they say? They say money talks and... Uh, <laughs> they do say that. Something else walks. All right. Moving right along. Let's do it. Value stocks. Market. Stock market. Index. Share market. This is Motley Fool Money. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The other thing we, we did talk about was the uh, uh, the media landscape. Yes. So Channel 10 is gonski. Yeah, it officially is... today, it's media's been kind of moving backwards and forwards. We've covered it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But today... Channel 10 is officially delisted once and for all from the ASX. What a ride that has been. Yeah, exactly. Now, this, this was a network that you could have bought for $14 a share in 1982. People holding it at the end got how much? Uh, let me see. If I round that up, zero. It's a big, a big fat exactly, donut. Exactly in zero. In fact, even in 2004, so this is the heyday when the Simpsons were just killing it. Yep. You know, they, they, they had that and they were just winning big market share. Yep. 32 bucks a share. And oh. it's gone all the way back to zero. So what, yeah, what on earth is CBS thinking buying? So they sort of saved it from administration. They've yeah. now got the assets there. Yeah. They're going to run it. Why would a big American <laughs> company want to do that to itself? Oh, God, there's so many good questions there. Um, there's lots of potential answers, quite frankly. The, the, the most cynical of them is that, um, you know, the frog and the scorpion story? I do. Where the, 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 scor- the, frog's, crossing the, the frog's carrying the scorpion across right. the river and... and the, the frogs, the, the scorpion says, well, of course I won't bite you because if I bite you, we'll both drown. Right. And then halfway across, the scorpion bites the frog and the frog says, why did you do that? The scorpion says, well, it's in my nature. Yeah. A scorpion is a scorpion. A scorpion does scorpion things. Yes. If you're a big American freeway broadcast network, what do you do? You stick to your netting. You go and buy more freeway you broadcast networks to do it. because, hey, why not? And like, I've got to say, from at, at some point, there's some, makes some sense, right? Mm. Other companies who try and be something to everyone because they try and just change the business over and over again and chase the hot new thing. Yeah. If they, if CBS genuinely has a decent ability to provide successful broadcasting businesses, if you like, or run successful broadcasting businesses, then it does make some sense to be, to do exactly that. And so, frankly, if you can buy 10, if you can add more scale to the current CBS business, if you can pretty much just hold us bowls, bring your broadcasting your content, your network, your stars, your whatevers. Negotiate CBS. better license terms, strip right. out a whole bunch of costs. Right, yep, right. Yep. You, you run, if you run it to some degree as a satellite outpost yep. of, of CBS America, yep. add some Australian programming because you have to, yep. add some Australian news. You could probably run it more cheaply. You can probably run it at a better scale. You mm. can probably add some smarts. Some, and some and you bought it for smarts. a song, I guess, as right, well. So, right. you know. so there, there are very good reasons why CBS might want to. Mm. But again, to that point, you know... It, it, Airlines keep buying more airlines because they keep doing it. And that's yeah. a stupid idea from the start. Yeah. Most airline investments should have just simply been reinvested back or given back to shareholders. So yes. yeah. when, when, when you know, some of the Asian airlines buy shares in, in Air New Zealand or in Virgin Australia, mm. 
for their shareholders, they would have been much better off just saying, we'll give you the money back and, and do with what we've got. Yeah, totally. So, so I think, yeah. Very was, hard for management teams. It, it is in the nature. I, I think it's, I'm a little bit, um, not sceptical, just concerned. I think mm. we saw a graph during the week that the number of hours watched by, by each generation or each age group of TV viewers is just plummeting dramatically. Yes, yes. For everything except over 65, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Which was going like 8%, but the rest were in massive, massive, massive falls. Huge decline. And the younger um, you were, the, the bigger the decline. Right, right. right. And so, that, you know... I, if you extrapolate that forward, it doesn't it doesn't mm, say a lot mm. for freeway network in its or freeway TV in its current state. Mm. Certainly, with three commercial and two public broadcasts in Australia, it's hard not to feel like there's probably one or two too many. Yeah. So, what about uh, the other one um, that happened recently was Domain splitting off of Fairfax again? Something that we did preview, but that has now happened. So, these mm-hmm. are two separate businesses. Uh, I think it's no surprise as to which one we would prefer to be in. Um, yes, exactly. Domain has got far, far better economics and far, far better potential. What about Fairfax though? When I sort of look at the, the adjusted price there, it doesn't look as though it's been knocked around too much. Mm-hmm. People are still sort of happy to pay about 70 cents a share for that thing. <laughs> You've been very kind of asking me the questions. So I'll, I'll let you answer it as well, but I will give some initial thoughts and you can, you can buy in. I've been, I've been opinionating. I'm just hot potato. Opin- opinionizing, opinionating for, for yeah. the, whole, the whole program so far. I pine away. <laughs> <laughs> here's the, uh, here's the thing about Fairfax. So Fairfax only gave up 40% of domain. It's still on 60%. Yep. And if you do the maths, the share price is kind of a dollar, dollar 10. It gives up 40% of its shareholding in domain and the shares fall about, oh, 40%. Right. You reverse engineer that. Investors in Fairfax pretty much then and now are saying all Fairfax is worth is its domain stake. Yes. You effectively got two listings, two, two tracking yeah. stocks for the domain business. Right. Domain so the itself. other one's free, really. Well, and here's the problem, right? So things that, that are free are great. Except when they actually cost you money to maintain. You know, it's the, I'm reminded of the the bloke who bought the power station for a dollar. Yes, exactly. And you know, a lot of moments go, oh, well, I would have bought it if I knew it was going for a dollar. I was like, mate, you don't understand the liabilities that go with right. that as it's well. It's the same as the, you know, the the castles in Italy and Scotland that occasionally right. you know, adorn, adorn the media and say, look, this- You could you know, buy this 16th century castle right. for a dollar. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And yes, you can. Because they poison chalice. It requires right? enormous, enormous amounts of upkeep and whatever. Yeah. And there's probably regulations and yep. all that kind of stuff. So- you know, buying a business for zero sounds good. Mm. If it's a loss-making business, it's actually it's at worst because you have to put more money in just to keep it afloat, and that's that's the real risk. Yeah. Now, I have to say, we like the domain business better. Yeah. The question always comes down to pure valuation. Yeah, and, totally. Yep. You know, just because we like the business doesn't mean we like the price or we buy the shares. Right, right. I like domain a lot. Yeah. I like realestate.com a lot. Yeah. REA Group owns that business. They Phenomenal are really, really high-quality businesses. Super high-quality. They are both also quite highly valued. Yeah. And I have to say... If you made me choose one, I'd probably choose Fairfax. Yeah. I think there is every chance that, frankly, if you buy Fairfax, you're getting the, the main business for roughly the same price. Right. And but yes, got... the Fairfax business might go to, frankly, poo, yep. and that might cost you money, or you might just be able to make a few bucks if Fairfax themselves can turn that publishing business around, keep their losses in, in physical printing to a minimum, get more and more people to use their online subscription services. I, I, have, a, I have a sneaking suspicion. Uh, yep. If I was going to make a play for one of those, I'd probably... Roll the dice on Fairfax improving their publishing. I would very happily roll the dice on Fairfax, but I would want to have a very, very good read on management's intention. Right. One thing that we know that management teams are extraordinarily bad at, they certainly <laughs> lack the discipline. Yeah. We, it comes up a lot where you sort of see these businesses that they're just in terminal decline. They are for yep. structural reasons, for, for a whole bunch of reasons that are outside of management's control. They're just sailing into some very, very strong winds. Like my sporting career. Like yours, mate, Stru- that is massive that is long ago. There's, <laughs> so, there's no wind underwater. To, someone say you have to have some height to actually decline from, but but <laughs> hypothetically, right. starting from at least a base of... When you're lying no. on the ground, you know, unless you start digging. <laughs> well... That, no, that's the funeral business. That's, right. There's always, there's always somewhere to go even from, even from on the ground. But, but my point is, is that often the best thing to do for shareholders <laughs> is you manage that into decline. Yeah. So rather than saying, 
We have to turn it around. Right, we have right. to get back to growth. And we're going to invest in all this money. And you, what might end up happening, in fact, what normally happens in yeah. history as any guide is you end up throwing good money after bad. Yeah, true. And from a, a pure cash flow perspective in terms of what's going out versus what's eventually coming back in, it's an absolute disaster. Mm -hmm. Whereas, and, and there's there's a handful of tiny examples out there in, 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 the, in business history where people have actually gone, eh, we can't win this. Right, right. But we've probably got eight, nine, ten years before mm -hmm. before it goes into decline. And what we're going to, we're just going to cut costs. We're just going to keep the lights on barely. And we're going to milk this thing for everything that's worth. And when you look at the price today, it is probably good value relative to all of the cash that we will get in the future. Even though we know that at a certain point in the future, that is going to be zero. And each year it's going to get less and less. And it's like me saying to you, mate, I'm going to pay you. 10 bucks next year. Then I'm paying you nine and then eight right, right, and right. seven and six. And you could say, well, what is that worth? It's yeah. not worth zero. Yeah. It's worth something. Yes. And, and I think if I had a, um, if we had a management team that were very level headed and, and, and could perhaps do that, I'd be more inclined to go with you in terms of, of Fairfax. I think that's a good point. Although I do think, I don't think it's just a terminal business. I think the print business is terminal, but I do believe there is some possibility for their, actual, their, their ongoing masthead business, their yep. digital publishing business, to be successful over the long term. So I don't think it's a business in terminal decline. I think publishing is, physical publishing, but I, I, I'm, I'm still positive on the overall probability that their online businesses can make some money, and that's why I'd probably play the Fairfax game rather than the As long game. as they play it, mate, I, I play it smart, I agree. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Mate, very quickly, um, we're approaching the, uh, the the full time mark here, mm -hmm. but we had to we had to sort of well we didn't have to, but we kind of felt as though we should because every everyone out there is talking about this magical six thousand point mark that the all ordinary finally <laughs> thank God break out the passion pop. I think we did mention it briefly a week or two ago. Two rosé for everybody. So so uh, we have this index. It measures the uh, roughly the top five hundred companies. It's called the all ordinaries. All right, hang it's on, break that down for me. What's what? So we have an index. That's just a fancy name for. Well, when you hear about the share market went up or the share market went down, the share right. market is made up of around about two thousand different companies. Right. So Standard & Poor's, um, a company has developed a, an index which yep. tries to track the average. Right. And they weight that according to size. So the bigger companies, the CBAs, the BHPs, they have a much bigger influence on it than the very small companies. Yep. And it tends to cover only the top 500 or so, give or take. Yep. And so when you see Alan Kohler on the news, you know, they're saying the market went up 4% today. He's yep. really talking about the All Ordinaries Index going up 4%. Cool. Or, Got it so far. Or, or whatever it happens to have been. And now we've passed 6,000. And so it started off with Thank an arbitrary, I think it was 100. I think arbitrarily it started yeah. off. It's usually a good place for indices to start off. Why not? And I, I'll go with that. Uh, write in and let us know if, if it wasn't. <laughs> um, and, and, and after however many years, it's now past 6,000. And a lot of people were doing a song and dance and they were saying that that is important. Thank God. Now, I, I think no one's under any illusions as to whether the significance that we place on that book. <laughs> but again, devil's advocate, why would I consider that as an important milestone? You're asking all the questions here, dude. Why, well, why, I, you, tell I, okay. me, you tell me. Why do some people consider it an important milestone? I think, I think a technician, a technical analyst would basically say that it is psychologically important. People right. would see that if it managed to get above it and it holds above that, it's a good sign of future strength. There is, And there is some sense that, you know, we celebrate... We celebrate round numbers. We mm -hmm. celebrate, you know, twentieth, twentieth, yeah, twenty-first is a bad idea. Right, but yeah, 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 I get you. Fortieth, tenth, twentieth anniversary. Yes, twentieth, twentieth anniversary. Fortieth birthday. Yeah, the bicentenary. Um, we, we don't celebrate a batsman who scores ninety-three in the Ashes. We celebrate right. hundred or yeah. celebrate fifty. You got so to you get a milestone works, at right? some point, right? right so right. you don't you don't have it at some irrational number, right? So so the round number kind of is of some human psychological value, maybe, yep. or at least it's at least it's notable. Mm. So, 
Yeah, okay. That's that very generous of you. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just saying this. Well, there is. If you're going to stop and reflect, though, those round numbers are just where humans I, tend to stop and do that. Double and figures. And look, I agree figures. with that. I think, you know, why not? It's a, it's, a, it's a mark in the sand that we've crossed mm-hmm. and, and why not? I think where it gets a little bit silly is that people will then say, therefore, it means this in terms of yeah, where right. the future direction might lie. Right. And I kind of think, you know, again, I, I, always, I always give Chartis a bit of a hard time and um, I'm sorry, Chartis out there, but you know, it's my view and I'm entitled to it. And and and, and the, 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 the phrasing tends to go like this. If it holds above 6,000, it's a very good sign of strength, which is like saying if it keeps going up, that's good. Right. Because if it doesn't, then it's, I mean, it, it, it's, <laughs> this, the, you know what I mean? The conclusion if is I implicit score a century in the on Saturday, I'm a good batsman. You, you can't be wrong. Right, it's right. like if it goes down for you and you say, well, it didn't hold above 6,000, so it was always a bad signal. Or yeah. it held above 6,000, so it was good. Well, Yes. Like, yeah, ha- side, of how can it be otherwise? Yeah. Like, if it, I score it, a century this innings, it'll be a good innings. So it was, it was interesting in terms of that. The other thing is as well is that I, I you give think... me nothing on my cricket analogy. I think, sorry. Um, the, the other, the other um, thing I find a bit useless, particularly in a country where we have a very big uh, emphasis on dividends, the All Ordinaries doesn't factor that in. Yeah, There's another in- index related to that that's called the, the Accumulation Index, which does, which is well above that. In fact, we, the All Ordinaries is still below its level of t- the peak of 2007, which, mm. which from the sidelines you could you could argue, well, nothing's really changed. The market's gone nowhere in 10 years. Well, factor in dividends and and hell, reinvest those dividends. Actually, you're doing really well. The market's at an all-time yeah, record high. Yeah, that's right. And then there's other indices called the ASX 200, which is actually a more popular one and probably some would argue technically a more um, uh, usable one. Uh, and, uh, well, it's actually at 5,986. So what does that mean? Oh, terrible. You, you know, so again, I, I think... So all of the great and the ASX 200 is terrible. I think we, we, we'll put a line under it by this <laughs> and saying the market has had a very good run. We have been in a very strong bull market for, yeah. for quite some time now. Yeah, that's right. After recovering um, from the lows of, of 2009, it's a nice it's a ni- nice milestone to celebrate. What does it mean in terms of where to from here? Eh, no idea. Yeah, I think I think it's it's worth stopping to remark on where the markets come. It's a good opportunity to look back and say, what does investing kind of do? And the good news there is that investing, as generally always, is a good pursuit worth doing and has delivered really really strong long term returns. Mm. That's a very different thing to saying, and therefore this means something different to what it's always meant, which is invest for the long term, focus on businesses, buy at decent prices, mm. but time to the work. It's kind of just a boring record repeating. The other thing is as well, just due to the nature of compounding, we're going to pass these big round milestones at a faster and faster rate right. as we progress through yeah, time. That's you also you say the market grows at 10% per yeah, year. Well, yeah. 10% of 6,000 is a hell of a lot more than 10% right, right, of 100. Right. So, you know, we, we are going to, I think exactly. someone said if that just happened, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to bugger this up royally, but, really, really but well. the principle is the same. It's sort of like saying, if we continue at this same pace, yep. you know, the All Ordinaries is going to pass like 100,000 by the year 2032 or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. you know. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Mate, um... We don't have Liam, so I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to ask you to do this. I know this is in your contract, and I know you, you did a lot to sort of make sure it was in there. But there's no sound effects this week, mate. That is the only reason I get up. This thing. <laughs> I know. I really know it is. <laughs> I'm going to get you a t-shirt made up as, as a consolation. So instead of getting on my high horse, what are you going to do? I'm going to saddle up on my rocking horse. Rocking horse. Nice. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> there we go. All right. Go. That's got a really bad mental image. Fully grown man on his rocking horse. Go for it. This is a mental image. I've got a rocking horse at home. <laughs> what, right. What's got your go? Mate, my good idea is as rare as rocking horse poo. You know that. <laughs> so so here's what... Oh, God. This morning, I opened up the... I didn't open up the paper. I clicked on the paper because yes. that's what you do these days. Because yes. I'm, I'm so one now, of the cool kids. So edgy. Oh, yeah. I'm all over it. And the headline said that Australian house price is now four times GDP. That's a lot. Oh. Is it? 
I don't know. GDP sounds like it's probably a big number. Oh, Christ. I hate... You know, so here's the thing. I'm going to do an economics thing than a general thing, right? right? When you measure the value of something, economics call it the stock, yep. right? The value of all the gold, it's a, it's a physical thing. It, it's, it's there. It's yep. physical. It's there. Yep. Housing, gold, rice, whatever you... So rocking horses. Rocking, <laughs> rocking horse poo. Yeah. And then there's a flow measure, okay. which is the measure of cash going in and out of a thing, in this case, an economy. Right. Over the course of one year, everything that we produce in the economy, the flow of money through the economy is called GDP or mm-hmm. gross domestic product. Mm-hmm. That's income. Right. Comparing that when a stock or a wealth measure, like house prices or gold, it's just comp- the, the two are completely unrelated. There is no Apple, Apples single- and oranges. Yeah. It's not even that. It's apples and... and Palm Kiwi trees. Fruit. No, no, it's not even fruit. It's like it's 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 an apple and and just and air. It's just it's a it's a thing, right? So you you just can't compare the flow of money with the stock of something else, like they like they're comparable. It's just stupid. Go, get, go, you clicked on the headline though, didn't you? Yes, because because I knew the headline was stupid. Job done. Job I, done. I, and the, the, cynic, the cynic. I'm not even worried about the headline. Say. I'm worried about the implication that this matters. So mm. let me ask you a question: If it was three times GDP or five times GDP, mm. would it be better or worse? No. <laughs> right. I don't exactly. Know. And if I said it was eighty, well, I guess at some point there would be some arbitrary measure to go against. So the higher it is, the, the more potentially right. overvalued it is. GDP uh, house prices yep. are now worth eight hundred sixty million times mm-hmm. the daily GDP of Tonga. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> okay. Excellent. It's it, it. Yes, that that is absolutely true. Right. And absolutely. It sounds big, though. It sounds. It is I absolutely, be completely, and totally irrelevant. Effingly useless, irrelevant, hopeless, and a complete waste of time, effort, and energy. That even calculating that is just stupidity. It tells you nothing. Yeah. If house prices go up or down from here, it won't matter. If they fall to three and a half times GDP, yes. it makes no difference. Yes. How's that any cheaper or more expensive just because they're a higher or lower multiple of GDP? It is absolutely freaking useless. And those headlines are designed to make a point, and they do. And I don't even worry about not even worry about the headlines. Clickbait aside, yeah. anyone, any journal or economist or anyone else who makes that point is either misleading themselves or misleading you. It is a complete and utter balls up. Ignore it entirely. Go and do something else. There, better, there, are, there, are, there, are, there is value in, in benchmarking certain things but you've got to choose an appropriate thing you've so got to maybe you want to choose stocks with flow with flow yeah, right, right exactly right. It's, it's, yes exactly mm. oh you know what you should, this is or rents or whatever it happens this to is me. your fault because I'm going to keep going now <laughs> sorry when people compare house sorry, prices sorry I thought he was done when you compare house prices with the income mm. it is still completely useless you want to compare anything compare repayments with income right flow with flow yep. money coming in income yep repayments going out yep in, expenses mm. you're measuring flow you want to measure stocks measure cash in the bank and house prices mm. There, there is the a relationship there, but there's something missing in between. Right, because right, it's the yep. flow that matters. Yep. doesn't matter how much... The house could be half or double the price. Mm. If your repayment was double or half, that's the point. That's what matters. If, yep. if your house price was half the price, mm. but your repayments were three times as much because rates were up, mm-hmm. that matters a hell of a lot more than a low rate and a high house price. Completely bloody useless. And it's just misleading for everybody. And that's the... Okay. Your fault. Your point, fault. No, point, no, no, no. Point I'm, made. I'm still point going. Made. I'm, I'm oh, almost sorry. done. Oh, cheers. I'll be we're, back I'll be back in a little bit. 34 minutes. The So... When people, this is the worst, very, very worst. When people say house prices are X times income, mm-hmm. they are misleading themselves, they're misleading you. Great for headlines. Everyone, even the, even reliable, relatable, proper educated economists make this mistake every single time. Mm. They measure house prices and they measure income and they're missing the entire point. They're misleading themselves, they're misleading us. It's not income versus house prices, it's house prices versus repayments. That's what matters. Oh, I, 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 could, I could pick into this because that's a really good point. But, I know. Uh, but couldn't you say that, that house prices and repayments are related? 
No, because the interest rate is massively variable. It is variable. You borrow a million dollars. You would at, say not equal to, but proportional. No, to. you borrow a million dollars at 1% or a million dollars at 10%. Mm -hmm. Tell me those are even closely related. No, they're, they're very entirely, different. Entirely, entirely different. And that's the point. But right? in the realm of normal ranges that happens, you would you would say all else being equal. No, I... because because interest rates were 19% in 1990. They were 7.5% for a long time. Mm. Now the official cash rate's 2%. Mm. Even from seven to two, that's a fall of, of literally two thirds. Yeah. That's that's not that's not that's massive. Yes. So yes, in terms of a normal range over time, that would be true. Right. We're not living in a time of normal range, and that's the point. Yeah. Oh, how much mate, you, you don't don't no, now you're drawing me into property, so I'm gonna cut it right off. As you know, I'm either right now or I'm right later. You choose, <laughs> choose now and we can get out of here. What if you're like wrong for a long, long, long time before you're right? Because that's been my experience. <laughs> what? Well the right thing so, is the, no, just says the wrong for a long, long time ah. part. I'm going to say thank you, listeners, for bearing with us. Liam is away, and you can blame right, – write in – you can tweet us at the Motley Fool AU and, and beg Liam to make sure he's back here next week because this podcast is way too long because Liam was here on to keep us, uh, keep us under yeah, control. Well said. Remember, you Come can back, Liam. subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money podcast and through you iTunes and your favourite Android podcast. We've got to come up with a new tale to this. I think Why? we've been saying this for too long. Yeah, but I like to keep it fresh. Our mothers, our mothers don't mind and no one else listens. No, one's, so no one's made it to this point. Hey, and if your mum is listening. Oh, happy birthday, mum. Happy birthday, Mrs. Yes. Page, for tomorrow. Yes, yes. Uh, I, won't, I was going to say happy ex-birthday, but I won't do That's that because I will be killed. You finally learned. I did. Hey. It only took a little while, but happy I got Happy birthday, there. Mrs. Page. Yes, happy birthday, mum. And uh, remember, if you would be so kind, give us a nice big five-star rating, tell your friends, and go to fool.com.au if you want a bit of extra foolish goodness. Forward slash triple M. There you go. Until next week, I'm Andrew Page. And I'm Scott Phillips. Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.